Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Now, I have told you on many occasions that I was born in a mother and baby home in 1963. Well, another woman who was also born in a mother mother and baby home uh, to an unmarried mother who was 19 years of age in Killarney uh, back in 1949 is on the line, and it's Elizabeth Copeland. Good afternoon to you, Elizabeth. Good afternoon, Niall. Can I, um, um, and don't take this nasty or anything, can I pick you up there? I wasn't born in a mother and baby home. I was born in a county home. Oh, okay. Sorry, I do apologise. I do apologise. There's a big difference between yeah. the two. Okay. The state, the Irish government owned the county homes and the church owned the... the uh... One was run by the state and one was run by the church. Of course, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I do apologise. Uh, so it's very important. That's why they're not including the county homes in, the, in all of the county homes in the... Um, mother and baby homes because the government owned them. Well, well, the reason I wanted to talk and, to you today was because uh, you're, yeah. you're making a bit of history because uh, as a Magdalene survivor, and I'm going to talk about how you ended up in the Magdalene Laundries, uh, you basically have been denied justice by the state for over 20 years and you're now taking your case to the United Nations. Uh, a UN committee against torture has basically begun an investigation into the state's treatment or the, into your treatment by the state. Yes, definitely uh, by the state. So uh, well, let, let's go back a bit in time. So you were born in 1949, um, and in 1951 you went to an industrial school in Tralee. Um, right, yes. And then from the age of 14 you spent some time in the laundries in Cork and in Waterford. And the reason, of course, that they're looking at your case or investigating your case, because, of course, this was already addressed by the Irish state. Um, and they, they, according to them, of course, you waived your statutory right to take any action against the state after you had already received an ex grata payment. But your, your claim is, of course, that that doesn't cover the torture that you went through. No, and it, it hasn't been covered by them. Let's get back to the... the uh, but in the Kenny made the apology... Uh, yes, very very sincere lovely. apology, I think, too, Elizabeth. I think it was uh, it was sincere. You what? Sorry? I, I think it was a very sincere apology. I yes, remember the I, speech. That's what I believe, anyway. Yeah. And I'm still, a lot of people would disagree with me. But I really, I genuinely thought Enda Kenny uh, was genuine. Yeah. And I'd like to think he, you know, he meant it. Because he was very moved by it. I remember he was almost in tears. I remember. Yes, yeah. yes. And I, I, I really thought it was lovely. But he did say also... That the, the, the government, or the Irish government, I suppose he's talking about, they would uh, respect and recommend all of, accept all of Judge Quirk's proposals. But they haven't done that. They changed quite a few of them. Mm-hmm. And this is the government that nearly lost out, or perhaps lost out in the Irish election, because the Irish people are probably rising up to what they're like. And so, I'm very angry with them. And, and I look, I'm not. You've you've had a very difficult life, and I can understand why you're angry when you look back at the life that you've had, which was, of course, because of the state and because of the way we dealt with situations. I myself, for example, as I mentioned at the start, I was born in a mother and baby home. Mm-hmm. And say Patrick's Road and the Nav- or Patrick's home in the Navan Road. Uh, my mother was coerced into putting me up for adoption. I could have ended up with a very different life. And don't get me wrong, I had some great adoptive parents, and I ended up. Yeah, with but a good it's life. never the same because it's no. about your identity and who you are. Well, I was denied. Yeah, I was denied a relationship lucky, with yes. my sister uh, for fifty years. Need to know where you come from. Yeah, absolutely. So describe for me what it was like when you ended up in a laundry or an industrial school. First of all, uh, in nineteen fifty-one. I mean, for people who don't understand what an industrial school was or 
what a laundry was. Uh, um, when you went to a laundry... School, they were conveniently, again, by the Irish state when they became independent in 1920. They changed the name from industrial schools to orphanages mm. for the respectability of the name on the outside. You, you know the old saying, a street angel and a house devil. Of course, yeah. It looks okay. So that's it must be okay, yeah. yeah. And that's why the Irish government of the time changed the names. And, and when you went then to the laundries from there um, at the age of 14 years of age, I mean, remember now you're going to, a, a, I suppose, an adult place where there would have been older women too. You were yeah, sent to you, work, you didn't essentially. Know where, you, where you were going. Uh, you were just called, I personally, I can only speak for myself, I was called up to the parlour. I should have been at school, but my schooling was nearly three years earlier prevented from going to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the, the irony of this, it was the education department who were responsible for, for us mm-hmm. in every aspect of life. They certainly weren't doing their job in our educational side of it. Well, I, re- anyway. I, remember, I remember seeing a letter from the Department of Education printed recently in one of the newspapers. It was a very old letter. And they had sent a young girl to the laundries at the age of 14 because she was caught acting like a common prostitute up a lane. She was caught kissing a boy up a lane. Uh, yeah, but then I mean, that's, that's the, the that's narrow-mindedness a, of these men that were in the Irish government, or still are sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, and the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Because we, we had different morals in society. Yeah. 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 But what happened to the boy that she was kissing up the lane? Oh, he got away with it, probably. Of course he did. Yeah. But that's what... That's what uh, this is what I, I can't understand. I went into the bank... I'm, I'm, uh, I've just got to say this to you now. I went into the Magdalen Laundries, like a lot of us, directly from the industrial school, underage, trafficked by nuns with the stamp on it from the uh, education department, the Irish government, permission. Some women, because they had a child, were put into the Magdalene laundries. But the men, who were the fathers, why weren't they encouraged to take responsibility to look after these women and children? And these decisions were made by the Catholic Church and the Irish government in that era uh, in 1920, when they got the freedom of uh, Ireland, this is what they did to their own citizens. And I can guarantee you, Niall, that people probably, do, I often think about these things. Some of these women who went into these Magdalene laundries, their families fought for the freedom of the country. And this I often wonder, you know, I mean, you, you raise a great question there, Elizabeth, and I've often wondered when I, over the years when I've talked about Tume and I've talked about all the different organisations and laundries and everything else, I've often wondered that we, we never have ever, and we don't, discuss all, all these women or unmarried mothers, as they were known of at the time, um, and illegitimate children, of course, was the stamp that was put on my little form when I was born, right? Yeah, yeah. I was born illegitimate. That mm. nobody ever mentions the fathers, who these men... Oh. Now, I, I, I believe my own mother was... Uh, I, I, from what I believe, she may have been raped and it may have been a priest. Uh, but in saying that, nobody ever talks about these men who absconded their response, their social responsibility. And the government never made these men stand up to their responsibilities. No, and, and, and that, you see... Again, you see, even today, the Irish government are not admitting they, they violated the women's hum, uh, human rights. And what do, you, what do you say to people, Elizabeth, and I wouldn't say it, but there are people out there who say, well, Elizabeth, you know, that was the times it was. You know, uh, but sure. that's ignorance. Yeah. 
that was not the times. That was the mindset of Irish society and the Catholic Church working together. And they were running down the British who, who were running Ireland before that. But as soon as they got the freedom of Ireland, they abused it. You, you look at, uh, they changed the, the industrial schools from industrial schools to orphanages, to orphanages the mm-hmm. title. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Magdalene laundries, where the women used to go in there. And it wasn't for women with babies. or It was for old people who couldn't, uh, who needed a rest from life, who couldn't cope. They could be alcoholics. They could have had getting away from abusive uh, partners, uh, they could have recovering from illnesses, it could have been a bereavement in the family, but there were, every one of those women were free to go when they felt strong and wanted to go. They were never ever held against their will, contrary to what the Irish government's propaganda is. I knew every country, let's not kid ourselves, every country in the world they have their own propaganda. Mm-hmm. And their own problems, and of course, and, and their own bad history too. Um, but, you know. but Ireland, me as an Irish citizen, I, I feel we're the biggest hypocrites going when it comes to our own issues. Elizabeth, your case, yes. your case now is based on the fact, of course, of the abuse that you endured uh, during that time. And, and I read recently a story where you talked about you were, you were locked in a cell. I mean, what, what did they do to you while you were there? Oh, yeah, um, Anyone that's listening will confirm it. Uh, first of all, uh, in, in the first laundry I went to, it was called Peacock Lane in Cork, or St. Vincent's or St. Mary's. They liked fancy names. Mm. They were all saints, but none of them were there around there to help us. No. Uh, at night time, we, we all had a cell. We had to sleep in a cell, and the doors were locked from the outside, and we couldn't use toilets. We had to go to the toilet on a pot and uh, slop out every morning in the stench. And you can imagine women from younger than me, I was 14, there was one or two younger ones, there was 11-year-olds there, uh, I remember that, and up to, till they were dropping dead. So essentially, the, these are like, they were, they, they were, you were treated uh, like you were in some sort of Victorian prison. safety, locked into a cell at night, mm-hmm. working in a laundry. Uh, we were lucky, uh, none of us died in a fire there, uh, and then they also had a, a severe place where I was in. Uh, a, it was called the padded cell. Okay. And you were threatened. It was like you'd have to be institutionalized to understand what I'm going to say next. There was a, a sort of when you go into an institution, after a while, you pick up the, the body language or the language, even though you're not communicating much about it, just yeah. whispers and nods. Yeah. And you, somebody mentioned to me that there was a place called the padded cell. Uh, be careful, you don't want to go there. And that was it. So you, you keep your head down and you do your slaving every day for, for you know, for, to keep the Catholic Church and the Irish government uh, looking smart and pretty and rich in money. But there we go. And uh, then one day I was doing shirts and she came over to me and she said, you, you stole, where are the sweets you stole from so-and-so, and I said, what sweets? And she said, she had a visitor, and you took them. I said, I've been here all day. And the other girl that was with me, she said, no, we've been here all afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it, I don't know why she picked on me. Who knows? I probably looked at and her where, the wrong where, way. And what did they do to you? What did they do to you when she picked on they you? They dragged me up to the padded cell. Okay. 
she had, there was keys to this one. It was still locked on the outside, but she had a bunch of keys for this one. And she threw me in there, pushed me in there, I should say. She didn't throw mm. me in, she pushed me in there. And in there, there was a, a, a mug, an enamel mug with water. There was an enamel plate with a slice of dry bread on it. There was no bed, no mattress. There was an air vent. Uh, and how did you go to the bathroom if you need to go to the bathroom? your pie. You couldn't reach it anyway, yeah. even if you wanted to escape. Yeah. Um, uh, that was it, really. And, and how, long would you, how long were you left in there? And what happens when you needed to go to the toilet? Oh, there was a pot there. Sorry, oh, they pot. their pot. pot. Okay, okay. That was the main thing. Of and how long were you in there for? How long would they leave you there for? Uh, I was in there for three days and three nights. But, oh, my gosh. But, having said that, uh, the nun would come up. must have been nine o'clock when the lights were out or something, or just before. She'd come up and she'd have uh, uh, a member of uh, us, one of us, you know when I say a member, one of us who were locked up or trafficked in there, one of the women, with her, and I'd have to get my pot and go out, walk, without a lie, maybe six feet across the hallway to the proper toilets and sinks to empty it. Right. And, and one of them can, can I ask you, can I ask uh, you, my mug of water, and I'd be marched, frog marched back into six feet away again, and I, the keys would turn, and I was in there. And this happened for three days and three nights. Okay, and you entered that for multiple years as well. But can I ask you, you know, and, I, and I'm not meaning to rush you, obviously I'm limited by time, but does, does can you still, when you sleep at night, Elizabeth, do you still see those nuns' faces, most of all of whom are dead now, I'm assuming? Uh, I'll tell you now, and I'm not going to lie, when I met my husband and we first got married, I used to scream and scream in my sleep. That's the God's honest truth. I can imagine, yeah. And I used to say, oh my, she's coming, she's coming, who is... Uh, she's coming up the gate, look, and I used to freak out. Um, just nightmares, but it was so real. Now, at my stage in life, it well, you're, happens you're to me. You're 70 now, 70. Very seldom yeah. now, but instead it's gone a, a different way. It's gone, now what I do a lot is, did this really happen to me? No, that couldn't have, that never happened. And then I would say, you know, it did. And this was the Irish government doing this to their own Irish people. But and okay, then but, I, I, hmm. a lot of the time, yes, I, I cry quietly uh, because you just, you're just despair to the end. This is something, us women and their children who suffered because of it, we have to take this to the grave with us. And we have to take the double whammy of the Irish government still abusing us. I'll give you an example. We went to the uh, re- uh, the uh, reunion, the Magdalens. We yep. would not have got there. That was part of Judge Quirks. It was five years later when this was allowed to happen, only because the Justice for Magdalen team, Claire McGetrick, McGetrick Dr. Maeve O'Rourke, and uh, Nora Casey from... Uh, I don't know what... Or, or, I know Nora, I know, I'm aware of Nora Casey and she's she very three, well known, yes. They sorted it all out with the Irish government, reminding them, I presume, I don't know, I didn't ask them about it, 
that it was one of Judge Quirk's recommendations. So there was an obligation to do this. So, and just to remind people, and I know everybody's listening today and, and absolutely has the, the ultimate empathy for the situation that you went through. Uh, you're now taking this case, of course, to the UN Committee Against uh, the Torture that was uh, put, uh, bestowed upon you when you were having that investigated. And, and we all support you. And the best of luck to you, Elizabeth. I, I hope that goes well and I hope that it's dealt with properly and it's investigated fully and that you get the result that you want. Um, Niall, I'm really sorry. I just need to ask you if I can say one more thing that yes, is very, so important to me. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, 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 Minister Flanagan once said to, uh, I think it was Claire Byrne or somebody on Irish telly, she, he's, or on the radio, I've forgotten her name, Byrne or something. Claire Byrne, and yeah. And he, he said to her, we can't address the county homes because they go back to the famine times. Can I correct this to the Irish people? Yes. Wrong propaganda. Truth and fact, the names were changed to mother and uh, to county homes in 1920 when Ireland became a free state. So why are they putting us down as county homes, uh, mother and baby homes and related matters? I am not a related matter. They are not doing the count, all of the county homes. They're doing four. And that's, is that justice in Ireland? And they own all of those county homes. Well, they've, they've, a lot, they've, they've a lot of work done. I can tell you now, Elizabeth, listening to your story and listening to the stories of many women that I've heard over the many, uh, many years, they've a lot more work to do to address this whole problem. Elizabeth, listen, thank you very much they indeed for coming on the air. And just clearing out the, the rubbish from Ireland because mm. if we're not careful, all this is going to experience or the cycle will continue well, we will. Uh, it will come back to haunt us in many, many years' time. Elizabeth, thank you very much indeed, and I appreciate you coming on the air and sharing your story with us today. It was lovely to hear. When I say it was lovely to hear, it was lovely to hear your experience, and I hope and I wish you the best of luck, and everybody supports uh, the case you're taking to the United Nations. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits.